Welcome to the People Performance Podcast. My name is Renee Vincelli. I am a former corporate executive in banking, former project management director, mother of three, turned consultant and coach for those who want to grow their individual team and organizational capability. Each week, I deliver an episode focused on my two favorite topics, people and performance. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the People Performance Podcast, uh, our show for this week. This month of February has been focused on parenting and families. Last week, I shared a conversation that I had with Hillary Kinney, uh, who is a career project manager. She's written an excellent book, Project Management for Parents. Um, It was a really great conversation. I thought we had a really good conversation on her book and some of the great content in the book. If you haven't had a chance to hear it, I encourage you to go back and to take a listen to last week's episode. This week, I thought uh, a bit more self-reflective, personal episode would be appropriate um, in this month of parents and families and my content being focused there. Um, I'm going to share today a few of the lessons that I hope to pass on to my boys as they grow up as it relates to career and work and, and frankly, life in general. So if you're new to the show, um, you wouldn't know this, but I have um, three sons, almost eight years old, five years old, and two years old. Lots of action in our house on a pretty regular basis. Um, There are a lot of things that we talk about at home, um, things that they learn at school, things that they learn at church, things that they learn around extended family and others. A lot of things that we believe are so important for them becoming the men that we want them to be and that that God wants them to be as they they grow up here. There are a few things I've been thinking about lately that apply to work and to career that I want to share with you guys, and maybe it'll be helpful for you as you're you're listening. Also, just some, some general life application to my oldest son has gotten involved a bit more lately in competitive team sports, and so I think there is a lot of application to that as well. The thing I, I realize and that I have known all along, but I'm seeing it more play out now, is that sports are just such a good uh, foray into some of these lessons that I'm going to talk about. A lot of good analogies and examples from the sports world too, and I'll, I'll share, uh, share one or two of them with you as I go through some of this, uh, this show today. So the first lesson that I want my boys to learn and to to understand as they get older that's so important is to find something that they can get better and better at, something that they love, and to be better at that thing than they were the day before. So find the thing that you love to do and that you have some natural ability in. Maybe find a few things. Get better and better at that thing every single day. Practice that thing every day. Don't rely only on your natural talent. Focus on the fundamentals of whatever it is you were looking to be great at. Learn from the people who have done it before. Take advice from those folks. But most of all, don't ever get to the spot where you have a point of view that you have arrived and that you have no more to learn. I think you see a lot of people do this in life. Um, They sort of get to a place where they know it all, they've got the answers, they've arrived, and they can no longer be taught anything. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be, um, whether it's in life, in a job, in a career. If you get to that spot, it's probably time to start teaching others that thing that you know. Um, And I think that that will, just by design, enable you to learn more. Or it's time to find a brand new challenge, something that 
you're not you haven't mastered yet so this is the first thing i i want to pass along to my sons is to really find something that they love to do and to really master it and to get better and better at it every single day the second thing i want to share is that the world does not revolve around you um it's a very stark way of saying it but it's true and i think that is um, another lesson that is just so critical to pass along to to children i think we live in a day and age where it's not necessarily something that unless it's intentionally um, focused on that someone would would get and so it's very easy for young folks and old folks alike particularly if they are good at something to get this overinflated sense of self and to not understand that the world is not revolving itself around them there are so few examples in life probably none actually where having this attitude of selfishness or self-centeredness or living a life where you believe the world is revolving around you where that brings any sense any sense of satisfaction any sense of meaning um, and, and even some of the more materialistic aspects of life that are often found with those folks are often pretty fleeting when when you're that kind of person because no one wants to um, to work with you so the money the possessions the promotions the accolades they can't be sustained for the long term because people realize who they're who they're working with and there isn't those things because slowly they they start to dry up people want to work with be with be on a team with those that are focused on other people's success primarily or on some cause that is greater than just one person Um, obviously nobody does this perfectly you know we're all human we all have our own selfish motivations our own self-interest in mind um, just to one degree or another some some more than others Um, and so it's something we always have to fight inside to be this way but i i think that fight and trying to be an other focused person to focus on other people and a greater cause and, and knowing the world does not revolve around you i think is an important thing to focus on and to to um to make a make a point of living out in in our lives so one story i wanted to share with you guys from from the world of sports um along this line and i hope maybe this will resonate as, as an example um i have grown to be and i know this may be a bit controversial for folks i have grown to be a bit of a tom brady fan um, over the past several years and have done a little bit of um you know, watching different shows on him, you know, ESPN, I think they did one, I think Facebook actually put out something a few years ago, a little series on Facebook. And I've watched a little bit of um, information on his career. Recently, my husband and I sat down and we watched the first episode of um, a new, I think it's a 10 part show called uh, Man in the Arena. And it goes through and chronicles his career. And so I, I, got up to speed a bit more than I had been on his early early career his first season with the Patriots uh, back 2001 so I think this story I'm going to share illustrates a bit of some of this point I'm making about the world doesn't revolve around you from a couple of different angles so for those of you that aren't familiar with this part of Tom Brady's career if you go back to spring 2001 the quarterback for the Patriots was Drew Bledsoe, who at the point that point in time was one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL and actually got a contract in March of 2001. That was the biggest contract for ever for any NFL player. So this was the guy for the Patriots. This was the guy that was going to probably be with the Patriots based on this new contract for the rest of his career, 
going to have an amazing career with the Patriots and finish his career there. Very successful, very successful guy. So in the first game of the season, I believe it was, he got hurt. He got he took a pretty bad hit on a play, ended up with a pretty serious head injury, Drew Bledsoe. His backup quarterback was Tom Brady, and he ended up, Drew Bledsoe, being out for quite a, quite a bit of the season. I think it was probably eight weeks, ten weeks, something something really, really long like that. Because like, like I said, this head injury was pretty serious, was in the hospital, I believe, for a couple of weeks. Um, so Tom Brady comes in game one after this this serious injury. And I'll remind everybody, Tom Brady was not the Tom Brady we know now. He was this backup quarterback on the Patriots, drafted 199th in the, the, the NFL draft. Um, who is this guy, right? Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't um, somebody that was expected to do very much. So he comes in and starts winning, right? Starts winning games, starts leading this team in the NFL, the Patriots, to the playoffs, right? So he's, he's doing great things. He's amazing, and everybody's impressed with his, his capabilities. So along the way, Drew, Bree, or Drew Bledsoe, not Drew Brees, Drew Bledsoe is getting better. Um, this injury is, is healing. He's ready to come back in to his starting quarterback position. But meanwhile, his, his backup quarterback, Tom Brady, um, for, you know, rookie in, uh, in the league, is winning like crazy and is just exceeding all expectations and is just doing great things. So Bill Belichick of the Patriots continues to let Tom Brady do his thing. And, you know, maybe this will maybe this will dry up at some point. Maybe he won't continue to have the success. And we'll give this job back to Drew Bledsoe, who had it initially and has this huge contract and is this great star in the NFL. So you get to um, Tom Brady starting in the New New England Patriots game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs in 2002, the AFC Championship game. So, you know, we win this game for the Patriots and we get to go to the Super Bowl. So some point along the way, Tom Brady gets hurt and he is down for the count. He's out. And so now the new backup quarterback uh, that was the former starter quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, is in this game, this championship playoff game to go to the Super Bowl. And he ends up leading the team in this game to a Super Bowl um, Super Bowl appearance. So if you are the coach of the Patriots in this situation, you've got a decision. You've got a pretty pretty tough decision that you have to make about who is going to start in the uh, the NFL Super Bowl. This man, Tom Brady, who has led your team, young man, right? Just, you know, rookie, new starter. Um, just who is this guy? Like I said, who is this guy, Tom Brady, um, to the Super Bowl? Who's gonna Who's gonna start this game? Is it gonna be him or is it gonna be Drew Bledsoe? Who you know we know this guy. He had this unfortunate experience with this head injury. He's been out. He's back. He won for us last game. Who are we gonna give this to? So Bill Belichick decided to start in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, and I think we all know the rest of the story. Um, the Patriots went on to win that game in the Super Bowl. Um, and we know the rest of Tom Brady's career. So the reason I share the story, you know, uh, one of the things I was so impressed with in this this episode of this show about Tom Brady's career, they talked a lot, they interviewed a lot of different people, and they talked to, um, to Drew Bledsoe in particular and, you know, interviewed him. And one of the things that I, I took away from it, you know, he, you could tell at different points in the 
interviews and in just in some of the, the flashback um, media coverage they had of the time when it, as it was happening, you know, he probably was not real happy with some of what was happening. He was disappointed that he wasn't starting. But I think the story isn't really about Tom Brady. The story is about, about Drew Bledsoe in his willingness and his attitude to allow this other person to, without a lot of input or negativity from him, have this starting starting role. And one of the things he said that was interesting was, you know, if Tom, you know, Tom and I are good friends, he said, we've been good friends, we've stayed good friends. And if Tom had been an a-hole, is what he said, quote unquote a-hole, um, I would not have been able to have the uh, respect for some of these decisions that were made. But Tom wasn't, and Tom was a team player, and he um, was was good about all of this. And so it enabled me to maintain my positivity and maintain maintain my good attitude about it and to be the team player that I was. And so, you know, you see some of the, the coverage of the two of them in the Super Bowl, hugging, happy, being a team player. And so I, I, I look at that story and whether you're Tom Brady or Drew Bledsoe in that story, whatever position you're in, the winner, you know, the Tom Brady, the person that gets picked to play, or the Drew Bledsoe that doesn't, who is the one that thinks he probably should, the attitude of, you know, this isn't about me, this is about the team, and the world doesn't revolve around me, I'm not going to throw a temper tantrum, I'm going to just let this play out, I think is a very good lesson for both sport, sports, for work, for life, and it only leads to ultimately good things, I think, for all involved. And so, you know, if you, if you look at it from the Tom Brady angle, he would not have had, in my opinion, just looking at his career, the success that he has had in his career that is now ended officially as an NFL quarterback um, with his retirement, would not have had all of that had it not been for this um, team-focused attitude and this positivity that he has had all along that has earned his, the respect of other people that probably shouldn't have felt compelled to respect him or maybe had a hard time doing so given they were on the losing end of it at times. So I just thought I'd share that story because I it really resonated with me and gave me some good things to, some good things to think about. And you know the sports examples when you have young kids that are playing sports are always always appropriate. So that was one I wanted to share. Um, the, the third thing I wanted to share, the third um, element of this, these lessons I want to share with my children and pass along to them, would be to be wise with your money and to care about people more than you do things or money. So it is very, very easy to do, especially in the culture that we live in, to get on this hamster wheel of materialism. And yes, you know, we should take pride in what we have. It's, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. I like nice things um, just like anybody does. Things can bring some amount of joy, but it can often be fleeting. And it's not what makes life meaningful. It's not what makes life um, matter. It does not bring a lot of long-term happiness. I also think we tend as a people to judge success or failure in life for ourselves or for those around us by looking at what people have. So if we can see some sort of external evidence of stuff, we can say, well, that person is doing well. And I, you know, it can often be very, very deceiving. Um, there are people who, you know, you might look at and they've got a nice car expensive house, great clothes, and they may be swimming in debt. They could just be completely, completely broke, um, or like I said, full of debt, or they may just be completely miserable inside because those material items are replacing something that's missing inside that can't be filled um, through 
more and more and more material material things. On the other hand, you may, may look at someone who you think doesn't have a lot, and they may have um, a wonderful, wonderful life. They actually might have a ton of money that you just don't know about. Um, so if you know some of the stories about um, Warren Buffett, as an example, the very, very rich Warren Buffett, um, I believe he still lives in the house that he bought many, many, many years ago that he could have long ago sold and bought something much, 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 much bigger, right? So, I mean, this is a, a billionaire, I believe, um, and one of the richest men in the world. And he could certainly have more than he has, has purchased over his life, but his concern is not with what others think. And he's comfortable. He's comfortable in his, his little house that he bought many years ago before he made it so big. So I think it's important to teach everyone, especially this next generation, and something I will pass along to my kids Um, this notion of caring about people more than things and being wise with the money that comes our way. So like I said, I thought I'd share those those messages with you all today, some things that have been on my mind um, that I want to pass along to my children. Hopefully they resonate. There are so many life lessons. There are so many things, whether it's career, um, work, life, love, friendships, faith, you could just go on and on with the amount of things that we can pass along to our kids. But these were a few lessons I, I wanted to focus on today that I think are, are good as you think about um, the work life and, and just general lessons for, for life as we, as we raise our, our children. If you enjoyed this episode, please give a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts and leave a, re- a review. If you believe that there is work that we can do together in the realm of people and performance, please reach out to me. This is what I love to do. I love to help organizations, teams, and people identify opportunities and implement them to make their work more successful, both in their homes and at work. You can find me at Renee at ReneeVincelli.com or on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website at www.ReneeVincelli.com. That is all for now, folks. Remember, people are the creators of performance. People are greater than performance. And people come before performance. Have a great day. Thank you.